Hello everybody, welcome to the Lessons from the Top, podcast that aims to inspire and educate the next generation through inspiring stories from successful people in entrepreneurship, finance, and politics. Today we have with us Jay-Serge Sasseville. He is a bilingual senior executive with over 30 years of experience in corporate affairs, public affairs, regulatory affairs, and government relations. He, has, he also has expertise in the media, telecommunications, entertainment, and cultural sector. So, how are you doing today, Mr. Sasville? I'm doing well, I'm doing well, um, but uh, now my functions are quite different from the ones that you've just uh, enumerated because I'm city councillor for the Peter McGill district of uh, the borough of Ville-Marie. So okay. now I'm a politician. <laughs> so can you maybe explain a little bit more about, well, not exactly, but you know, like what you're doing right now um, and, you know, just maybe so people can learn about uh, you a little bit more. Can you, you know, give us details? About what I'm doing right now? Exactly, or what, you know, okay. jobs you do and stuff like this. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I retired from uh, Quebec in 2019, at the end of 2019, after uh, having worked there for 32 years, and I spent the entire year 2020 uh sitting on different boards in the cultural sector um uh and it was a pandemic um so uh i could see that uh, uh the um uh the the performing arts was one of the sectors more the most affected by the pandemic. I was uh, chairman of uh, the Place des Arts uh, Foundation. Uh, I was also sitting on the board of uh, La Fondation du Centre National des Arts uh, in Ottawa. And I was also sitting on the board uh, and the executive committee of the uh, Festival International de la Chanson Granby. And I was chairman of Angèle Dubo and La Pieta among uh, other boards uh, on which I, I was sitting. And I could see how artists uh, were affected by the pandemic. Um, and uh, so in 2021, I was approached by uh, Denis Coderre uh, to run in the municipal elections of 2021. I didn't want to run because I never considered myself as a politician. Um, in my last 11 years at Quebec Corps, I was uh, among... Uh, uh, other things, the uh, chief uh, lobbyist uh, of Quebec Corps. So I was used to work with politicians and make representations uh, with the politicians uh, at the federal, provincial, and uh, municipal level. Uh, but I didn't, I never considered myself as a politician. I was a lobbyist, not a politician. And uh, I didn't want to run uh, in the municipal election, but the Nicola convinced me to do it because he knew how um, I was involved in the cultural sector. Uh, many of my friends were artists and producers and uh, uh, he, he convinced me to run because if he was elected mayor, he would have uh, appointed me at the executive committee as uh, uh, responsible for arts, culture and heritage. So that's how I decided to, to run. Um, I was part of a team of uh, uh, what you used to call star candidates. 
And of this team, I was the only one that was elected. Uh, uh, and the uh, Nicola was not elected either. So um, I, I was elected as a, a city councillor of uh, the Peter McGill district. The Peter McGill district is downtown Montreal. It's uh, the west part of downtown Montreal. Uh, uh, the, the east uh, border is Prabha uh, Borassa uh, University. It go, uh, uh, the, the west border is Westmount. And uh, uh, it includes uh, Mount Royal at the north. And at the south, it goes uh, uh, up to uh, um, Notre Dame Street. Uh, it's a very diversified uh, district. Uh, I have the richest people in Quebec in my district on uh, Sherbrooke and north of Sherbrooke uh, and uh, some towers uh, south of Sherbrooke, but I have also the poorest uh, uh, citizen of Quebec in my district. Um, I, I, I have a neighborhood uh, uh, between uh, Sherbrooke, René Lévesque, Atwater and Guy where there are a lot of homeless people, uh, people with no money. Uh, I work a lot with uh, community organizations. Um, the, the job is uh, quite challenging and I like it. Uh, um, uh, I didn't fit in with uh, the, uh, the municipal party of the uh, Nicodère. Uh, so, um, after a few weeks after the election, I resigned from the party and now I sit as an independent uh, because uh, I work very closely with the uh, administration of Valérie Plante and I must say that uh, we work as a team uh, to uh, try to uh, settle all the day-to-day -day problems of the citizens uh, in the borough. Wow, yeah. Um... Clearly, you are a very decorated person, and thank you for that uh, introduction. Um, it, it's really nice to hear all these uh, things that you have done and all these uh, domains that you have worked with. It's, I think it's really inspiring for the youth how you can do all these things and you have had all these experiences in different domains. And it's, uh, you know, personally, when I first started uh, researching about uh, you and other uh, mentors that I look up to, I wasn't really so fond of politics. But as I learned and as I started learning about the history of Montreal and like you said, the, the rich people associated with the decisions and the counties, it's really interesting learning how it progresses and how uh, the impact that you have had. So with that, I have a question for you. What advice would you give to young people who want to become more involved in local politics and community development? Um, well, it's the community development and uh, politics, is, it's two different things. And, and you know what? Um, I've been living in my current house on Avenue du Musée, uh, which uh, has become uh, famous around the world because uh, I live in front of uh, the Consul General of uh, Russia and I've uh, decorated my house with uh, eight big Ukrainian flags and I play the Ukrainian anthem uh, each day at noon um, uh, in front of the consulate. Uh, I thought that I knew downtown Montreal because I've been living in that house for 17 years. And before that, um, I've lived in another house for seven years. And as a matter of fact, I've been living downtown 
Montreal since uh, 1988. But I realize now that I'm a city councillor that uh, I didn't really know uh, my neighborhood because I knew the rich part of my neighborhood, but not the part, the, the part south of Sherbrooke where people are fighting every day just to to buy food and pay their rent. So I discovered a world that I didn't know and that I like very much. Um, I learned a lot from them, the community organizations and more specifically in the Peter McGill, the Peter McGill Community Council, uh, where you can see uh, what's wrong and what needs to be done to take care of the day-to-day -day problems of the citizens. So the, the community, uh, if you want to work in the community, I would uh, advise young people who want, uh, who want to do that in uh, their neighborhood to get in touch with uh, community organizations and offer their help, their, their, their help for free as a benevol uh, to um, be part uh, of the life in their community and helping their fellow uh, citizens. If you want to go into politics, uh, you, you, you have to look uh, first which level of uh, government uh, is of interest to you. Is it a proximity government like the municipal government? Is it more the provincial government or the federal government? You know, it's, it's quite different. Um, uh, like when you're a city councillor, it's quite different from being a, an m and in Quebec City yeah, or an MP in Ottawa. Uh, if you're an m and in uh, Quebec City, you sit around three days a week uh, at the National Assembly. Uh, if you're an MP, you sit four days a week at the House of Commons. Mm -hmm. If you're a municipal councillor, you sit at City Hall two days a month. And very often, we try to go through the agenda the first day. Like this week, uh, we began at 1 p.m. and we finished uh, a little bit before... Uh, uh, 11 p.m. and uh, we canceled the session on uh, Tuesday because we were able to get through the agenda on Monday. And when you're a city councillor, you're also a borough councillor, but you have a borough council meeting one night a month uh, from 6.30 to 8.30. So you sit at, at the borough city hall or at the city, the city hall, the 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 between uh, one and a half and two and a half days. The other days of the week, you are in the street, uh, meeting people, uh, trying to uh, be of help to them, uh, finding a solution to their day-to-day -day problems. You have meetings with community organizations, businesses. Uh, uh, it's really uh, what we call uh, 
in French, un travail de terrain. I don't know what's the right expression for that in English. Yeah. It's quite different, the other level of governments. Uh, you have people doing the job when you're in Quebec City, uh, sitting at the National Assembly, or when uh, you are uh, in Ottawa, sitting at the House of Commons uh, as, uh, as an MP. Mm -hmm. And it's more... It's more um, subjects and files uh, that are quite different. Uh, it, 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 it's not the day-to-day -day problems of the citizens. Yeah, it's interesting how you gave so many different viewpoints from uh, different people that could get into community development and uh, community organizations from when you start off, I guess. Because you've climbed up the ranks as you've grown uh, throughout your career. And it's interesting how you were able to enlighten on different ways and different paths that you can take to being into those communities. So I think that's really interesting. I well, think... In everything, you have to start from bottom. Of course, uh, yeah. I've worked at uh, Quebec Corps from uh, I, when I joined the company in 1987. Um, It was big, but it was small at the same time. Uh, it was a $400 million a year company uh, mm -hmm. involved in printing uh, uh, forest uh, and paper products and uh, media. Uh, the, small, the other office was really small on Plateau Mont-Royal. It uh, was part of the main floor of a small building. We were there with uh, magazines. We were only 35 people at the head mm -hmm. office. Now, the head office of Quebec Corps, it's two big uh, towers, one 13 floor, the other one 19 floor on mm -hmm. uh, Saint-Jacques Street in the financial district. So, um, and, and when I started uh, working at the legal uh, department, already I was interested in, uh, in the business. And yeah. I was, uh, most of my work was either media or uh, entertainment uh, and uh, by entertainment i mean music mm -hmm. so i started uh, to be interested in what ladzis which is uh, yeah. the association of uh, producers of the uh, of the music industry uh was doing and i i became a member of uh, what we call the comité scrutin which is a committee that defines the category of awards and the criteria uh, uh, of uh, the awards. And uh, then I became uh, the uh, director of that uh, committee. And a few years later, uh, when I came back in the, because uh, I, I was go going back and forth from the head office. And uh, yeah. for seven years, I was uh, full-time in the music business and for two years i was president of the music sector of uh, quebec and i was a member of the board of ladzisk uh, so you really have to put your hands in everything yeah you, you don't start at the top it's impossible yes, you start at the top in a in a field that you've never been in i don't think you can do a good job I totally agree, yes. So um, 
I feel like you've been in a lot of industries around like politics and business and stuff like this. And I had a question, like how have you seen the landscape of those industry uh, industry change over time? And how can you young people, you know, be aware of this, of the change and stuff? Because I feel like it's changing a lot recently with social media and stuff. Yeah. So I was wondering, like, what is your best advice for young people to stay ahead, you know, of like people or like the, the curve that is happening around industries and stuff? You know, when I, uh, I began working in uh, 1981 as a lawyer in a big law firm in Quebec City, uh, there was no internet uh, and even a fax machine. There was a telephone on the fax machine and we have to dial on a, a telephone to, to get the fax machine working. Um, there were no uh, computers except for uh, uh, some uh, assistants uh, uh, that were all in the same room doing uh, what we call traitement text. Um, the, the internet didn't exist at the time, you know, uh, and uh, with the internet, I saw all the industries in which I was working changing. Uh, media changed, the music business changed, uh, uh, and after that, social media came in and changed also a lot of things. Um, what, and, and I'm I, I was always interested in the changes. I think it's it's important to um, I, always. My partner would would have a different view because he, he thinks I'm too much connected to everything. But uh, I think to 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 be ahead of uh, all the changes, you have to constantly see and watch for what's happening and uh, get out of, uh, well, you have obviously to, uh, to, 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 to read and watch the traditional media, but also you, you have to be in touch with, with what's underground and uh, trying to see what are the, the the actual trends, but also the future mm -hmm. trends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a distinction to make between what you see on social media and what people want to portray and what is actually happening in the art world and what's actually being portrayed to the public. And, um, you know, the, the, with the experiences you've had, I think you've had a really, you have really good insight on what is not so accurate on social media and what is not so accurate on um, what you actually see in person. And I think, you can provide a lot of value with what you're saying. So it's it's really amazing that you have had all these different experiences in the art world and you're able to uh, clearly indicate that that distinction between the two. And uh, with that, I, have, I had a question. Um, how has your experiences in sectors such as art and culture, as you mentioned, uh, influenced your views and opinion on the importance of educating the youth of our current generation through art? Yeah, well, like uh, Obelix, Asterix and Obelix, I was born. Uh, <laughs> I was born in the potion. My father was a book publisher, um, so uh, at my house there was a lot of uh, authors and writers. And uh, then uh, uh, he, uh, for twenty-five years, he was a book publisher, and after that, uh, he uh, got 
uh, hired at the Department of Culture in uh, in uh, Quebec City. Um, and when he retired, he was uh, general manager of the Conseil des Arts et Lettres du Québec uh, in Montreal. So um, I was always uh, involved in the cultural sector. And uh, when I was in Quebec City, uh, my first boyfriend was uh, a painter. So I, I used to uh, get out of my law firm and uh, uh, go to parties with uh, 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 painters, singers, uh, poets, uh, all kinds uh, of artists until late at night. Um, culture is really in my blood, it has mm. always been. And when I joined Quebec, or I was, uh, I was always involved in the cultural sectors of Quebec, or, and I was very close to uh, the founder Pierre Pelado who um, considered me as uh, his own son. And I was always with him more than even than his uh, children sometimes, uh, um, attending concerts and different uh, cultural mm. events. Uh, uh, and my, my late partner and I were big art collectors, visual arts uh, collectors. There are paintings, sculptures, and all kind of uh, visual arts uh, in my house. Uh, I, I, I also made uh, big donations to a different museum, mostly the, Mo the Montreal Museum of Fine Arts, um, because I think it's important to give back to the community and uh, I, I, I had some uh, pieces uh, that are very important. Uh, uh, like for example, there is a, a painting that is very important for indigenous uh, communities. Mm -hmm. That is uh, one of the main, uh, main uh, work of art uh, uh, in the new pavilion at the Museum of Fine Arts uh, called uh, Les Arts de, de Tout Monde. Uh, in the indigenous uh, room, uh, it's, it's called, it's the first, first work that you see when you get out of the elevator. It's uh, called uh, Not to Confuse polite, uh, Politeness with Agreement. It's uh, a chief uh, uh, with a traditional uh, hat uh, giving a hand to our CMP officer with uh, a traditional uh, uniform of RCMP officers. And uh, uh, there is there are clouds, uh, conversation clouds over their heads. And in one of the clouds, it's a circle. And in the other cloud, it's a square to show that they don't speak the same language. Um, I think that art, that it should be at the center of every life. Mm -hmm. And it's important for the young people to, to be interested in art. Art education should be for everybody. It's as essential at, as mathematics, mm -hmm. uh, uh, science. Uh, it, it's part of our history and it's part of our culture too. Yes, well, it, 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 it's part Art and culture is at the center of our identity mm -hmm. as human, as Montrealer, as Quebecer, as Canadian.
that's what defines us yeah yeah i completely agree um to switch the subject on this uh thank you again for elaborating on that it was amazing uh switch the subject we're going to talk about uh your board uh the board the boards you work for um you know you served on multiple boards and committees throughout your career what advice do you have to give to young people who are interested in joining in boards and uh, being a part of those boards and how, how can they make the most of those experiences when they're starting off young um in many organizations, there are um, there, there are uh, committees or boards for young people who can start there. Like at the Museum of Fine Arts, uh, there is the Cercle des Jeunes Philanthropistes, mm -hmm. and I, I know some uh, who were were members of that. Well, now. Uh, um, members of uh, different different boards uh, of different museums. Um, again, you have to start from the bottom. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you cannot become member of the board of a big organization if you're not involved uh, uh, in in the sector. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would say that for um, for young people, uh, what what's important if you want to join a board first, find a board in a sector that is of interest to you. Mm -hmm. um, get information about uh, the organization. See how you can uh, you you can be involved as a benevole um, to do work. Um, for the organization and get known and uh, the offer to be part of, of the board uh, will come. I'll give you an example. Um, when I, uh, part of my job at uh, Quebec was to make sure that Quebec would be everywhere in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. So I began uh, sponsoring the uh, annual gala of the uh, National Arts Center. And because I did that and became involved in what was going on at the uh, National Arts Center, one day I received a call. What would like you to join the board of the National Arts Center Foundation? Yeah, because being part of a board is like it, 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 it's it's a role where you really love that sector you're in. It's, it's it's passion. It's not just oh you're part of the board. No, you have to show that you you love what you do and you you really care about this industry and you want to see it grow in a positive manner. So and, and be yeah. prepared to work. Of course, because some people get appointed to different boards just for the prestige of being of on those boards and putting that on their CVs and they mm -hmm. don't do nothing. Well, that doesn't work. Yeah, it's, it's not really respectable. Because when the other members of the board at the next uh, annual General Assembly will ask them to resign because they are not bringing anything useful yeah. to the organization except 
having their name on uh, letterhead and uh, on a website and uh, on uh, they can put that on their CVs. They, yeah. they, they are there for for their own their, their own profit, but they are not for the profit of the organization. Uh, so that's not the way to do it. Yeah, like you, you shouldn't seek status by pretending yeah. you care about something when you're not actually providing value in that sector. I feel like it's yeah. a disingenuous thing to do. Uh, so yeah, I completely agree with you. So throughout your career, you've worked with a lot of people. Um, yeah. And I was wondering, uh, what is the like quality that is the best to have that you know you love working with? Like, a, so I don't know, um, he's nice, he's patient. What is the best quality that you search in someone that you're going to work, work with? And what is the best that you believe it? Uh, being competent and wanting to work. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I completely agree. I feel like be, wanting to work is like, pretty important because like you gotta you know get there and you don't gotta sit and just wait for other people to do your stuff like we said on boards and committees you really need to be you know doing your work and trying to get up there and yeah you're completely right i feel like trying to work and stuff and i feel like helping people a lot too is uh important i've always hired people based on uh their experience uh, the compete the their uh, competences uh, uh, and um, how they fit in a team hmm. uh, and it's funny because uh, we had a diversity program at Quebec and um, uh, each year they they used to do uh, a report uh, on, on this and one year I receive a call okay uh, Serge uh, this year we want to do uh, something on your team and I was like why my team well it's the best example of diversity and I said why well your right hand man is uh, black from uh, Burkina Faso uh, you're gay uh, you have two other gays in your team one of your VPs is uh, from uh, Lebanon. Our director uh, is from Syria. Your social media uh, woman is uh, from uh, Cambodia. Your assistant is from Portugal. And I was like, oh my God, I never realized it because I didn't hire the, these people because they were black or from those countries, I hired them because they were the best to do the job. Exactly, and I feel like that should be the most important thing. You do your job, you're really good at it. Like the color, the status, anything doesn't yeah. matter. You should be just good at it. And I wanted to ask you a question uh, about Ukraine because why does Ukraine matter so much um, to you? And we love, we support Ukraine to be honest with you. And I, want, I just wanted to like know what Ukraine means to you and why you support uh, them? Yeah, well, there are many reasons. Uh, first of all, well, I have a Ukrainian friend, but it's not because of that. Um, first of all, I live in front of the, my house is directly in front of the Consulate General of Russia. So, um, uh, I was horrified the first day of the war. The, the, the first year will be uh, 
will be tomorrow. Uh, I'll be participating in many activities uh, uh, tomorrow to uh, show again our support for the Ukrainian people and our opposition to the war. Why am I so involved? Because um, from day one, what happened in Ukraine was unacceptable, intolerable. Uh, I could not imagine that in the 21st century, something like that could happen. And I could see because I, I, when the war started, um, uh, we were uh, teleworking because of the pandemic. And uh, um, I could see Ukrainians uh, since day one, February 24, demonstrating in, in front of the uh, consulate of Russia and uh, leaving uh, not only on the gates, but also outside of the gates on the public domain that belongs to the city. Uh, posters, uh, different objects, even candles for the people being killed. And, you know, in February, the, uh, the sun set uh, very soon. So I could see the employees of the consulate as soon as uh, there was no light, uh, getting rid of everything that, 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 that had been put there by the demonstrators. Uh, so um, when I was getting up in the morning and I was looking uh, by the window at my street, it was like if nothing had happened the day before, and as if uh, nobody uh, in Montreal uh, was against the war and was uh, supporting the Ukrainian people. That's why uh, on March 12, uh, last year, I decided to uh, put uh, eight big Ukrainian flags on my windows. And uh, then on March 15, I, I, I saw a media report about uh, a bombing in Ukraine. Uh, and you could see a stroller with blood on it uh, because a, a baby had been killed. And uh, that's, that day I realized that putting flags on my windows that was not enough. That's when I started doing what I've been doing every day since uh, last March 15. That is to, at noon, seven days a week, being uh, in front of the gate, of the consulate offices playing three times a recording that has been uh, provided to me by a Ukrainian. Uh, it's a recording that begins with uh, sirens and gunshots that Ukrainians hear every day um, in Ukraine. It is followed by the uh, Ukrainian anthem. At the beginning, I was doing it alone, but with the media begin beginning covering it and became viral and uh, became famous around the world. Uh, uh, I, I was even receiving uh, emails from Ukrainians in Ukraine thanking me for doing what I was doing. They were encouraged by the fact that someone very far from their countries was supporting them. And uh, it gave, it, it, they were telling me that it gave them uh, courage to continue fighting uh, Russia. Uh, and. So each day, more and more people were there. Uh, even, uh, well, you, Canadi Canadian use uh, uh, to be uh, uh, Ukrainians, uh, Ukrainian refugees, even uh, Russians against the war. Uh, 
uh, and against Putin, members of an association that we call RCDA. It's the Russian-Canadian uh, Democratic Alliance. And I could see that it was... Uh, it, it it was uh, that the, the people at the consulate were mad and uh, that it was uh, helping the, the Ukrainians here in Montreal and uh, elsewhere around the world and even in Ukraine. So I decided to continue, continue it. And the importance of uh, that war, because there are many conflicts uh, right now around the world. Why Ukraine? Because it's not only Ukraine. It's Russia, it's a guy in Russia called Vladimir Putin that is trying to be a czar and reinstate either the, uh, the former Russia empire or the, 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 the former Soviet Union because it's Ukraine, but at the same time, it's beginning to be Moldavia, Lithuania, uh, because there are troops at the borders. Uh, and, and he made it clear that uh, it's not only Ukraine. And as um, an editorial from La Presse uh, last week said, the importance of that war is not limited to Ukraine. It's not only a war against Ukraine. It's questioning and threatening the world order that had been put in place after the second world war yeah and i feel like like you said it's not only like ukraine that is affected by this i feel like it's the entire world um yes. even russia because like you said it, it is putin and the people living there most of the time don't like want to do this but they are forced by the government stuff and like you said like it's the entire world that is affected by it. And I really wanted to thank you uh, for what you're doing, uh, going out there and supporting Ukraine. Um, and I feel like everybody uh, listening to this right now or watching, you should do the same. Doesn't need to like spend money or anything. Just put out, putting out there the message yeah. uh, to Ukraine, doing what it's you can do. Exactly. It's simple. Just, you know, just, you don't need to put flags and, and stuff, but just like, you know, putting out like on social media. Um, yes. Um, I don't know. I support Ukraine and stuff. And I feel like, that's really important because nowadays with social media, one thing can go so quick and just inspire a lot of people. And uh, like you, your house, you know, with flags and stuff, it inspired a lot of people, even supporting Ukraine people out there. And like I said before, uh, thank you for doing this. And uh, we hope uh, Ukraine is uh, going to get uh, better soon. Yeah, we all hope so. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, showing awareness is not just saying that you support this. It's incentivizing others and supporting others to to go against what is wrong and i feel like that's yeah. what that's what's amazing about what you're doing it's not just you saying that you care it's the fact that you're using your influence and your status to bring about this message of positivity and something that really needs to be said to like you said people that don't aren't aware of it or they don't they don't care about it, uh, about this subject in particular enough and yeah it's really amazing um listen this has been a really amazing uh, conversation that we've had with you. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to speak with us. Um, Charles and I had a really good time. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really amazing how you can provide so much value with the experiences that you've, that you've had. And we thank you again for uh, being able to uh, take the time to speak with us. 
And uh, to everyone watching, thank you for uh, listening and to uh, well, for listening to this podcast and to be able to to um, take in this value and bettering your life from there. And yeah, so we will catch you guys on the next episode. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.